Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about a free three-act worksheet to help you structure your story. Whether you're a plotter or a pantser, a novelist or short fiction writer, this three-act worksheet will help you navigate your material and even begin each new story with a better plan. Download yours at nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Now, memoir writers are focused more on an exploration of self, so they mine their lived experience as a way to reach self-knowledge or self-acceptance. It's a way of understanding what happened to them. It's empowering because as a memoir writer, you get to control the narrative in ways you couldn't when the life event you're focusing on happened. So writing memoir can be salvation for many. It can be redemption. Writer Unleashed is for you, a writer who has a story you want to bring onto the page and into the hearts and minds of readers. I'm Nancy Pinuccio, writer, editor, and writing coach. And each week, we'll explore techniques, mindsets, and inspiration for writing stories readers can't put down. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. grad school, we had three writing disciplines to choose from. There was poetry, fiction, or creative nonfiction. Now, most creative nonfiction students were writing memoir, but creative nonfiction, also called CNF, is a broad genre. It includes personal essay and even autobiography, which is often penned by celebrities. But during our first orientation, one student asked, what's the difference between fiction and creative nonfiction? And our teacher said, it's all fiction. Now you're probably saying, how could nonfiction also be fiction? But stay with me. I'm going to give you an overview of five different types of creative nonfiction, biography, autobiography, literary journalism, also known as the immersion story, memoir, and personal essay. I want to give you an idea of how these forms are different and what they have in common. Now, I know many of you are writing memoir or personal essays, and I want to talk about what elements make an autobiography different from a memoir, let's say, and also to show you the range of writing that's available to you in this genre. So here we go. Number one, biography. Biography is your whole life told by someone else. It's a factual rendering of someone's life. It's usually chronological. Now, the author of the biography is supposed to be objective. That's the goal, but that doesn't always happen. Is it even possible to be objective? I don't think so. 
things are often slanted in a way to get across our point of view. For example, Lawrence Thompson wrote a three-volume biography of Robert Frost. He was authorized to write it, but as he was doing the research, as he was writing this volume, he grew to despise Robert Frost, and his dislike started to leak into the text. He painted a picture of a selfish, cruel, angry, egomanical man. So his agenda, many say, was to exact revenge. And then later, the poet and novelist Jay Perini published his own Frost biography, Robert Frost, A Life. Now, he drew on the same material as Thompson, but it was a very different story from Thompson's. Perini, though, also had an agenda. He wanted to dispel the myth created by Thompson. Now, because Perini is both a poet and novelist, it's been said that his biography on Robert Frost reads more like a novel. This is really interesting. Here's an interview on the online journal Bookslut where Perini talks about his view of biography. I make few distinctions between straight biographies and novels. They are both works of fiction. Fiction means shaping in Latin. I shape reality in both genres. There are demands that come from the genre itself. You can't really change points of view in a biography, and you can't make things up. But I think these are small considerations and that in general, they both involve creating narratives, and narrative is what I like, telling a story. So in order to tell any story, certain things will be left out, and other things will be slanted a certain way. There's no absolute truth. Now, we see this all the time on news channels, right? They're supposed to be sticking to the facts to be objective, but worldviews are vastly different. Sometimes it seems like there are just separate realities. Here's the thing. We don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. So biography is a whole life written by someone else. It's supposed to be objective, but the author can't help but slant it to his or her own point of view. And when my teacher said it's all fiction... That's what he meant. Okay, on to number two, autobiography. Autobiography is your whole life told by you. Autobiographies are usually celebrity-driven. President Clinton writes an autobiography. The rest of us non-celebrity folks, we write memoir. Now, autobiography is different from biography and more similar to memoir in that it allows more personal reflection. But like autobiographies, biographies stick mainly to the facts. And the intent is different. They're often written to protect a legacy, or in the case of a musician or actor or any other entertainer, to protect their reputation. In his autobiography, My Life by President Clinton, he talked briefly about his affair with Monica Lewinsky, but he pretty much glossed over it. In the book, he describes it as an inappropriate encounter, and he describes his culpability 
as selfish stupidity. So he doesn't go very deep. The deepest he explores the affair is connecting it to his troubled childhood. Now, had he written a memoir, well, this would be an opportunity to focus on the affair and delve into more psychological territory, such as his teenage years living with an alcoholic stepfather who abused his mother. But autobiography relies on retelling events as they happened. So the Lewinsky affair is just one more stop in this long line of events in the book, which includes the time he met with Netanyahu or addressed Congress, etc. Now, unlike memoir, an autobiography leans toward a more documentary style and a chronological structure. And since the goal of a celebrity autobiography is to cast him or herself in a positive light, it's not usually a search for moral or emotional truths or human insight the way a memoir is. Okay, on to number three, literary journalism. This is sometimes called the immersion story because it requires a closer, more active relationship to the subject and to the people the literary journalist is exploring. So in literary journalism, the author immerses him or herself into an experience outside of his or her typical experience, typical life. So the author becomes the protagonist and so keeps a strong, consistent first-person eye throughout the story. I'm thinking of Barbara Ehrenreich's Nickel and Dimed on Not Getting By in America. She investigates how the working class survives on minimum wage or in some cases less. So she doesn't rely on interviews or research or labor reports and statistics the way straight journalism would. She actually worked low paying jobs. She worked as a waitress and a cleaning woman. So she is in the story. She's part of it. Her experience is something she had no prior experience with. So by immersing herself in the experience of the poor, she challenged the notion that people are poor because they're lazy or unwilling to work. Another example is Michael Pollan's book, How to Change Your Mind. Here he writes of his own consciousness-expanding experiments with psychedelic drugs like LSD and magic mushrooms, and he makes the case for why shaking up the brain's old habits could be therapeutic for certain people, people that face addiction or alcoholism or depression, or even people who are dying of cancer. Now, he's a journalist, so he didn't intend to write what he says is his most personal book. But in researching how these drugs are improving people's lives, not only of people who have mental illness, but also of healthy people that are coming to grips with life challenges, he decided to explore the landscape in the first person as well as the third. So he had this adventure into various altered states of consciousness, along with this deep dive into the latest brain science. And he discovered this thriving underground community of psychedelic therapists. 
It's fascinating. Now, he's not someone who takes psychedelic drugs as habit, not at all. But after interviewing doctors and doing the research into the history of these drugs and interviewing patients, he decided to try these drugs himself with, of course, supervision. So literary journalism, the immersion essay or book, is not the same as a personal essay, and we'll get to that. But what makes it different from biography or autobiography is that it gives the reader access to a deeper and more intimate and personal exploration of the author's subject, because they're in it. So it isn't a straight factual recounting the way a journalist's essay or book would be. For example, Michael Pollan's first books were straightforward factual investigation. He's a brilliant journalist. He's mostly known for his books on food, food rules, and in defense of food, for example. But his book on psychedelic drugs was a combination. So he was doing the research, but he put himself into the experience, and it was totally outside of his lived experience. So literary journalism is outside of the author's lived experience. Barbara Ehrenreich's lived experience was having middle-class comforts and no hardships that a large sector of Americans suffer. Michael Pollan's lived experience was drug-free. So number three, literary journalism. Okay, on to number four, memoir. This is the most well-known. Memoir uses many of the same techniques we use in fiction. It uses setting and character development, dialogue, plot, and metaphor. Now, it follows a relatively straightforward and chronological retelling of events, but unlike the biography and autobiography, the story has a more personal, emotional arc to follow, and the moments are more curated. And this is what makes memoir an art. Now, memoir writers are focused more on an exploration of self, so they mine their lived experience as a way to reach self-knowledge or self-acceptance. It's a way of understanding what happened to them. It's empowering because as a memoir writer, you get to control the narrative in ways you couldn't when the life event you're focusing on happened. So writing memoir can be salvation for many. It can be redemption. Now, memoir is not about a whole life, but one aspect of it. Or as my friend Martha Frankel says, if your life is a pizza, your memoir is a slice. Sue Silverman's memoir, Because I Remember Terror Father, I Remember You, was about a particular period in her life when her father abused her. Her later memoir, Lovesick, was about her journey through sex addiction. Now, the two aspects of her life were related. Her sex addiction was no doubt a symptom of her childhood abuse, but she didn't lump them both together in the same book. So as a memoir author, you have to establish what part of your life you want to explore. So autobiography is a whole life, but memoir is one aspect of it. It's a slice. What also makes memoir different from autobiography is the use of at least two voices to tell the story. 
Sue Silverman defines one as the innocent voice and the other as an experienced voice. She talks about this in her book, Fearless Confessions, A Writer's Guide to Memoir. I'll link you up in the show notes. But the innocent voice tells us the facts of the story, the surface subject, and the action, which is similar to autobiography, so it conveys the experience But what makes it different is that it conveys the experience of the relatively unaware persona the author was when the events actually happened. Now, the events may be loosely connected by chronology, or they may be structured according to emotional significance. Either way, the innocent voice tells us this happened, and then this happened, and then this next thing happened. So it's the action. It's the external part of the story. But then we have the experienced voice, and this voice brings us deeper into the story by using metaphor and reflection to reveal how the author has been transformed by thought and emotion. So reflection is not just remembering or looking back into the past. It's seeing the past in a new light. It's about seeing what happened. It's about seeing past relationships in a new way. So whether the memoir is essay or book length, both voices are crucial for the memoir. So one plunges the story forward, the other plunges the reader into the real heart of the story, and these voices intersect throughout the memoir. The other thing about memoir is that the author is often trying to see how they're implicated in what happened. So there's not a victim mentality here. They're really looking for self-knowledge. They're looking for how they were implicated in their own experience. And finally, number five, personal essay. This is more conversational and it focuses on a topic like travel or nature or food. Now, unlike memoir, which explores the past, The personal essay explores more contemporary subjects. It could be politics, or it could be artificial intelligence. It could be the age of COVID. So the personal essay explores a topic, but the author is exploring his or herself through the topic. Here are some examples of personal essay titles from The New Yorker. How I Proposed to My Girlfriend, The Two Lives of a Wedding Ring, When Williamsburg Was on the Wrong Side of the River, The Rise and Fall of My Brooklyn Apartment, Mayfield, Before and After, What Was Left of a Kentucky Town After the Tornado, and Stalking a Rustically Hip Family on Instagram. So it's an exploration of the self through the subject matter. Again, it's one facet of the self in a larger social context, but it doesn't stray far from the author's own life. So it's drawn from the author's personal experience. So if the topic is death, for example, the author might explore her fears around death. So there's self-revelation and there's lessons learned from the writer's lived experience. It's different from memoir because it centers around a specific topic rather than a specific focused aspect of a person's life. So let's recap. 
Creative nonfiction is a broad genre. You have number one, biography. This is a whole life written by someone else. Number two, autobiography. It's a whole life written by you. Usually it's celebrity driven. Number three, literary journalism or the immersion story. Here the author plunges him or herself into an experience outside of their typical life. So they're in the story. Number four, memoir. This is one aspect of the author's life and what makes it unique is the two voices that intersect, the innocent voice and the experienced voice. And number five, personal essay. The author explores a particular subject and in doing so explores the self. So there are lessons learned from the writer's lived experience. So there you have it. I wanted to give you the range of possibilities that exist within the creative nonfiction genre and to give you an overview of what makes each distinct from one another. I know most of my creative nonfiction writers are writing memoir or personal essays, but sometimes memoir writers are writing the whole life, autobiography, rather than a focused aspect of their life. Now, memoir can be in essay form, absolutely, or it can be an entire book, which is the most common. But I wanted to show you what's possible and give you a framework for whatever creative nonfiction form you're drawn to. So there you have it. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. And if you know any writers who need some support in their writing, please share this episode or the Writer Unleashed podcast in general. And if you love what you're listening to, subscribe on your favorite listening platform and please leave me a review. Reading how this podcast impacts your writing truly makes my day and it helps me create topics for the show. Till next time, keep writing and I'll talk to you soon.